Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, everyone, would like to welcome you to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Show. I am Davis Maddock, joined by Graham Barfield, who is the managing editor of NFL.com and their fantasy football coverage. Graham and I are in this uh, absolutely insane Dynasty League, the Scott Barrett Invitational Dynasty League with a bunch of other fantasy wizards and wanted to have Graham to come on the show to talk about the league and drafting Superflex dynasty tight end premium all that good stuff Graham how are you doing I'm doing well man uh it's May uh so I've got some time off and it's it's kind of been fun to you know kind of have some time to relax and take it easy and uh, I mean this league is kind of taking up more time than I expected so honestly uh it, it's it's been it's been fun but uh, I'm excited to talk to you about it today, man you haven't started grinding the best balls yet? I have, actually. I started after the draft. Usually, I don't know about you, man. Like, I, I just, for whatever reason, I have, like, cognitive dissonance. I just can't draft a fantasy team before the NFL draft every year just because I'm not – I don't want to be too big of a degenerate. But, uh, but yeah, I've already done, like, 20, and I don't know how. But, yeah. I'm I, did, I did a few before the draft just to get an idea of what the rookies were going to do to the ADP. And what the, – the biggest observation I had is that if, if Josh Jacobs did not go – in the first round this year. Like if for whatever reason, if Josh Jacobs or, or no other running back went in the first round of the NFL draft this year, running back, like, I, I don't know if there's even 10 workhorse running backs left in the NFL. Right. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, rookie ADP is always really weird before the draft and you can usually get some steals, but um, there's just so much unknown, I guess, before the NFL draft that I just, I just kind of usually let it be. But uh but yeah, I'm excited to, to talk to you about this dynasty league. It's freaking crazy, man. This, this league is insane. It is. So for people who have not read the article that's up on the site, uh, you can certainly go do that. We have links to all the teams, to the startup draft, to the rookie draft. But the, the basic concept of the league is it is a super flex league with obviously, you know, all the standard roster movement periods. It's not a best ball league like the, the Fantasy Insiders one that Ben Gretsch and I talked about last week. It is also tight end premium. And I, I believe that we start 10 players with the ability to start multiple tight ends. Is that, is that correct, Graham? I think so. I think it's 10 and you can, we have just like a bunch of flex spots. So like, I think you start for sure one quarterbacks, two running backs, three receivers. And then I think it's four or five flex spots. I cannot remember off the top of my head, but yeah, we can start multiple tight ends. Yeah. So you, so you could, you can start, uh, you can, you, if you wanted, you could start four tight ends, I think is there, or, or maybe five would be the max that you could do. And that definitely influenced some people's drafting though. Definitely not everyone's. So first off, how do you feel about your team as a whole? Uh, I would have felt a lot better about it if the whole Tyreek Hill thing hadn't happened. So uh, I had never drafted Tyreek Hill in a dynasty league for, um, for this reason, just because I don't really like rooting for players long-term that are, have significant off the field concerns, but Tyreek Hill happened to, to get to me in this draft um, in the second round. He fell. I took Devonta Adams at 110. I had the first pick in the 10th round. Um, and then Terry Kill kind of came around the corner at 202 or 203. I can't remember uh, if I had the 110 or 111. And I took him, and then the following week, uh, everything happened with his off-field situation. So I would feel a lot better about my team if I knew Tyree Kill would be on the field in 2019. Uh, that being said, uh, I, I read your article, and I, 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 
<laughs> I lost it when you said I was the Aussie Newsome of this draft. I drafted, um, I think, six tight ends in a startup. Four of them were just total, I mean, just total scattershot. Yeah, yeah J- Jeremy Sprinkle, Jeff Swaim, Dalton Schultz, Demetrius Harris were the scattershot ones. Yeah, those were the scattershot ones. Uh, I, I do not project any of those to actually come through for me. But I did take two more tight ends in the, uh, in the, in the rookie draft, which I love. But yeah. I don't know. It's just the Tyreek Hill situation is, is, it is what it is. There's not much I can do about it. I feel like I drafted some decent receiver depth, but um, I was expecting to have Hill for, for at least the next five or six years and it didn't happen. I would uh, be, I would be pretty interested in trading you for Jay Sternberger. If you decide that Herb Smith is way better and you, and you don't want to start four tight ends a week. <laughs> I might be forced to, especially if Ty Freak is, is gone. Um, let's talk off air about Sternberger because I, I do love him. Yeah, he's a really good player. So I think, obviously, some well, some strengths of your team, you have Phillip Rivers and Russell Wilson as your two starting quarterbacks in a two-quarterback league. So a lot of teams have um, a lot of quarterbacks. Like, a lot of guys are rostering multiple backup quarterbacks. You have Jeff Driscoll. I have, uh, I have uh, Josh Dobbs as my backup because I took Roethlisberger. But I, I think you have, like, some really good anchors. I also think that you got a pretty good value on Mark Ingram. Like, I, I would say your team is definitely top half of the league in terms of competitiveness. And how many rookie picks did you take in the actual draft? Because that's the most interesting wrinkle about mm-hmm. this draft we just did was that there were the instead of drafting you know Kyler Murray at the first pick of the fifth round you drafted the actual rookie pick so and we did the rookie draft before the NFL draft which uh did open up some huge values I think Danny Kelly got McCole Hardman with the third the 11th pick of the third round of the rookie draft yeah it, it I really liked the structure for what it's worth I liked drafting the picks instead of the players and then having the draft before the actual NFL draft I think that added some some more fun wrinkles to this thing uh, my my plan I don't know about you man I, I'd be interested to get your plan on this too because I, I kind of screwed my <laughs> my second round picks up with Kelvin Harmon and Emmanuel Hall but we'll get to that in a second uh, I went into the startup draft knowing that the first round picks in the startup so the, the 2019 f- first round rookie picks would probably go too early uh, for yeah. my blood so I ended up just I wanted to target a ton of kind of mid-round picks because I, I knew uh, the quarterbacks, a few quarterbacks would go in the first round of the, the, the rookie draft. And I knew I could maybe get some values in the mid rounds on um, the second and third round. So I just hammered, I think I took five or six rookie picks in the second and third rounds and just kind of lived in that range and ended up getting Irv Smith and Jay Sternberger, which is going to be huge for me. Uh, but my other three picks were, were Emmanuel Hall, Kevin Harmon and Bryce Love. Uh, Bryce Love is obviously to be determined, but it's hard to feel very good about Harmon and Hall right now. So my team really from the start of the draft, it was set up to be more competitive over the next two years than to be sort of a long-term build because I took running backs with my first two picks. So I took Ezekiel Elliott and Nick Chubb with my first two picks in a super flex dynasty league with tight end premium. So yes, Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott are great dynasty fantasy football assets. But if you told me four years from now, I'm not getting running back one numbers from either one of them. That would be pretty believable. Uh, particularly, you know, Elliot has like off field stuff. Elliot has more wear in his tires. Chubb is a little bit younger. He'll, he'll probably still be an asset then. And then I also just decided that I was going to go for older sort of veteran quarterbacks. So my two starting quarterbacks are uh, probably they're Ben Roethlisberger and Dak Prescott, Dak, who's always undervalued in these formats, but I also have Mariota and Carr. So I literally, 
in the startup draft did not take any rookie picks because by the time we were at round eight, nine, ten, and those third, fourth round picks were starting to go off the board, I just totally prioritized veteran guys who I could spot start here or there. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, man. And, and for what it's worth, like I, I, in a lot of my startup drafts, like if, if this weren't this league, I more than likely would not have taken any rookie picks, but just because I loved a lot of the value that I feel like I felt like I could have had in the mid rounds. Um, yeah, I went after it, man. You've got some receivers that I love this year for what it's worth. Like Godwin, uh, DD Westbrook, especially and Curtis Samuel, um, DD like- Samuel went, I think he, I think I got him in like the eighth or ninth round. That one felt pretty good. The All the right. pick that I would take back was I, I jumped on Galladay way too early because yeah. I think I took him in the fourth and then Godwin didn't go off until the seventh. And those guys are like pretty close to dynasty value. So that was probably a bad pick. Yeah. I mean, I like your receivers, but you took Galladay ahead of uh, Russell Wilson and I took Russell Wilson literally the following pick after. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I definitely had some picks that I screwed up in this draft too. I, I definitely, <laughs> we went, I went on the Tyree kill rant for a moment. I definitely do not wish I had taken Tyree kill for sure. Well, I also, I also made just the, the, the worst trade that anyone made in this draft was I traded the 410 for a 2020 first, just because I, I, I like to have some leverage in season. So say my team starts out really hot. Maybe I start out five and one or something. And I'm like, okay, I think, I think my team's good. I think maybe I can win this year. I'd like to have that extra first to trade for like, so Danny Kelly has, uh, like what is a good roster, but only has two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford. So say Matt Stafford gets hurt and he has nothing. Maybe I could trade Derek Carr and a future first for, you know, one of his, uh, Corey Davis or something like some really good player from a team that's not going to make the playoffs. I wanted to have a little bit of that extra leverage, uh, but still it, 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 that trade does not feel great in, uh, in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I mean, w- w- for what it's worth, I mean, determining value in this draft was, was next to impossible. I mean, um, I actually really like Jeff Collins' pick. He took O.J. Howard super early. I want to say he took O.J. Howard in like the fourth or fifth round. And I ended up getting Ebron in like eighth. And even though I'm not a big Ebron fan this season, I, I'm fully expecting some regression there. Um, I, I was not expecting the, a, a huge uh, value gulf there. So, I mean, it, it's, it's just this, this league was insane in terms of uh, – just determining where to actually value players, especially after like the third and fourth round, because everything was just, was just mayhem then. Yeah. I mean, I think that is the most difficult thing about entering into first of all, dynasty leagues, because it is a huge jump in mindset and everyone sort of approaches it differently. And it'll all be different depending on who your league mates are. But then when you add things like super flex, you add things like the rookie picks being in the draft, you add things like the tight end premium. Like how did you go about trying to set values? Like, did you draft off of a set of rankings or were you like, were you like looking at, at dynasty ADP sort of, how were you making your decisions round by round? Yeah. Early in the draft, um, just because there's so many trades and so many, so much mayhem, I just wanted to lay back and be pretty conservative. Um, obviously ended up not working out for me, but, um, I, I was really conservative early on just because I knew I wanted just to find some core players. Like you mentioned that I wanted to be aggressive later in the draft with trades and either moving, moving specific players that I had drafted for other players or moving, uh, picks for future picks, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, I mean, right now, man, like I, I'm looking down all the rosters. Who, who do you think, who's your pick for to win the league in 2019? Because I have a super contrarian, I think, pick, and it's actually someone we just talked about. 
Okay, I think that Thorman pretty clearly has the best team. He's got two stud quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. He doesn't have a backup, so if one of those guys gets hurt, it's not great. But he has a bunch of running backs that I like. Uh, yeah, he also has some cheap guys who I think might contribute. Like Jamal Williams and Matt Breida were really cheap in this draft, but I think that they might contribute this year. He got a couple of guys I really like in the startup draft in Paris Campbell and Miles Boykin. He has Njoku, and he sort of lucked into Austin Safarin Jenkins in um in the draft because I, I think at the time we didn't know that he was going to be a Patriots tight end so he's got two tight ends who I think will contribute I, I think his team is really strong yeah I think I actually think Danny Kelly might have a chance and uh this is his first ever he told me I, I met him at the combine he told me this is his first ever dynasty draft and he absolutely crushed it he took he had the 101 took Saquon uh ended up getting Josh Jacobs in the rookie draft took Darrell Henderson in the rookie draft I mean his RB's uh, have a chance to be just super, super monster. He's got Julio, uh, Will Fuller, Corey Davis. I mean, Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, just Dave, I mean, DJ Moore, so many guys I like. And his, his tight ends, he kind of took a similar approach to me. The only problem with his roster is his tight ends are just uh, – are not great but he, he could he, run he could run pretty hot at tight end though so his tight end grouping includes tyler eifert dallas goddard and tyler higby yeah. and all of those guys could end up being contributors and he also has both of the houston guys who did not get arrested uh yes. over the over the offseason so he has jordan thomas and kahale Waring, and i think both of those guys could contribute like i like his roster but i, I think i actually do think having just two quarterbacks it, it like it, it kind of sucks especially when one of them is matt stafford yeah i mean I, I i wanted to find two just rock solid core quarterbacks and, and ended up getting one in the fourth and then i moved some pieces with reeves with uh, rich rebar to get uh, to get rivers and i think the seventh and eighth round because there's about to be a huge quarterback run and i want to get in front of it so I kind of moved heaven and earth to get Rivers. But, but yeah, I mean, my backup quarterbacks in this league, for what it's worth, I, I kind of screwed mine up. They're Alex Smith and, and Jeff Driscoll. Um, I'm probably going to have to make a move uh, here pretty soon to, to try and find a better third quarterback. So, I mean, I, I definitely did not appropriately value my, my third quarterback either in this league. Have you thought about trying to get something from Tyreek before any sort of official announcement comes? Yeah, I've had a few. I've had a few talks. None of them super, super serious with anybody in the league. But I mean, there's. I mean, pretty much everyone except for you and maybe Danny Kelly and uh, the the Dynasty Trade guys have, have kind of reached out um, and Silva. But yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone's kind of interested um, in Hill just to see if they can buy low on a potential you know league winning player. But yeah, it's just, you know, right now in Dynasty, if you're trying to move Tyreek, if you own Tyreek in, in leagues, you're, you, you know you're quickly finding out how pretty much impossible it is. You're just going to have to take a major, major haircut. And for me, I, I mean, I guess I'd rather just – right now I'm just kind of comfortable sitting on Hill and just seeing how this process plays out because he's probably done for 2019. But I, I, anyway, man, I, I hate talking about this. It's just – it's crazy that we're sitting here having to talk about this. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, true. We'll, see, we'll see where we're, we're still, we'll see where Hill's at in 2020. So what about uh, Scott and TJ's roster? Scott is pretty confident that their team is best in the league. But when is Scott uh, never confident? It's true. He's very confident. But I, I think, so Scott, their, their team could end up being very good in a couple of ways. One, if Donta Foreman ends up just becoming the dude for Houston or if David Montgomery ends up becoming, you know, a 300-touch guy for Chicago. 
that would be that would be a way. But I, I think and they have uh, Smith Schuster and T. Y. Hilton as well. But their uh, their tight end situation is also like I, I think they're pretty good. Did they trade a bunch of future picks? It looks like they have less players on their roster than everyone else. Yeah, they did some. Their, their roster is super, super interesting. Um, they basically don't have running back or receiver depth this year. Their tight ends are insane. They have Hunter Henry, um, George Kittle, and Delaney Walker this year, along with just some more scattershot players like I took. Um, and then they have a ton of 2020s. So what they did is just like kind of front – like they, they got some pretty big assets in terms of like Hilton um, in a trade that I had with, with T.Y. Hilton and Juju and, and Le'Veon just kind of build some core players, but then their depth around it is, is really bad. So, I mean, if like a Le'Veon Bell gets hurt pretty early in the season, if their season's kind of over because they'll, they'll be, um, you know, trotting out, you know, Damian Harris and, and David Montgomery as their RB1 and RB2. But, uh, yeah, they're, they are loaded for 2020. I think they already have like seven picks in the 2020 draft. And I think they have three first and a bunch of twos i want to say they have like four twos um I, I will definitely be anti-sweating their team because the worse they are the better the pick that i'll have for the first round next year will be so like that'll be that'll be a pretty big rooting interest for me overall i i think that uh the most hilarious thing about this league though is that siege has eight quarterbacks and four of them are like completely worthless he's got <laughs> he's got teddy bridgewater Will Greer, Tyree Jackson, and Deshaun Kaiser, which is like I, all like it's all just hilarious to me. I ha- I did not notice that, and he has Drew Locke, who might be potentially useless this year too. Yeah, uh, so he's got, uh, he's loaded up. Like he's definitely dedicating roster spots to backup quarterbacks instead of trying to find a solution to his running back situation. Where I think f- maybe Frank Gore projects to have his third most fantasy points in his backfield this year. Maybe Hyde if, if, if Damian Williams gets hurt, but even then I don't feel comfortable saying that. So yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think this this is I don't I'm I'm like looking through right now and I'm trying to find a roster that I think is like downright bad though. And I, I like Siege's team, like he has some guys. I don't know if there's any rosters that I would say are are like not great. Rich did, you know, the classic Rich Rebar thing was he just he took up he gobbled up all of the value and just like he, he kicked the can a year down the road. So at quarterback, he only has Kirk and Eli, but he has a bunch of future assets. And he also, uh, he, he probably has to feel similar regrets because he took Todd Gurley, I believe with the fourth overall pick. And he, he yeah. probably can't feel very good about that now. Yeah, the, we, we start for what it's worth. We started this draft during the combine. I think it was yeah, literally so, the, week of the combine. So and early. that was the week. Yeah, that was the week that Gurley, the, the report came out that Gurley's knee is potentially arthritic. Um, so yeah, Reeves kind of got a bad draw and, and I definitely got a bad draw too with Tyreek. Yeah. I, and I think, so that's a, that's like a, an interesting strategy. Everyone who does a dynasty league, I think was like, Oh, I, I want to try and win this first year. And you know, if eight people in the same league are doing that, that means four other teams are going to be able to get a bunch of young players with question marks, like way cheaper than they would like compared to ADP. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Th- this, um, this draft in, in terms of values was just insane. Like I know, you, I know you're not a huge fan of Siege's roster, but like Tyler Lockett, I think went in the 10th or 11th round, like he was just floating out there and Siege took him one spot ahead of me uh, where I was targeting him when he was just kept falling. I mean, Tyler Lockett's pretty much a locked in like top 20 receiver this year. I mean, the, the, the values in this draft because of the rookie picks and because of just the aggression that some drafters took was, was pretty absurd. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there was a, 
very wide shift in how teams evaluated players. Like there were just some absolutely wild ADPs compared to like a standard, you know, 12 team PPR dynasty league. Like some teams just are loaded up at some position. I'm trying to look, I don't know if anyone, I guess I'm, I, I'm probably the team with the most overall running backs. Actually, no, Silva has the most running backs. He's rich is definitely going to be on the phone with Silva because he has Malcolm Brown and John Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and Danny stole uh, Darrell Henderson in the rookie draft. I mean, just, just an awesome job there. Um, Silva's team is really interesting. He took the same approach that you, two, you took, too. I don't think he took in a single rookie pick this year. Same with uh, Matthew Berry. Yeah, no, both of them. Both of them issued it, which is sort of funny. So, like, I, this was a pretty weak rookie class sort of before the draft, but I actually think it got a lot stronger after the draft, like a bunch of guys, like McCole Hardman, not a prospect, all of a sudden close to a first-round pick. I, like, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. There, there are some crazy values. Siege got Deontay Johnson with the last pick of the rookie draft. Yeah. And he's like a, sec- like a second-round pick. Like, Deontay Johnson went after Ryan Finley, Easton Stick, Mike Weber, who hurt his knee, Terry McLaurin, like all these guys who – I mean, pick of the draft maybe by Siege, honestly. Yeah, that was definitely the pick of the draft for sure. And and I'm with you about this rookie class for what it's worth too. I mean, there aren't any like substantial, I mean, league winning players. I mean, Josh Jacobs, I, I suspect might be a league winning player. Nikhil Harry could be a league winning player. But outside of that, there's just a bunch of depth in this class and a lot of very, very interesting players on, like you mentioned, I think pretty interesting teams based on landing spots. And um, yeah, having this, having the draft before, having our rookie draft before the NFL draft kind of opened up this value hole. And Deontay Johnson, I think by far was the, the steal of the, the rookie draft for sure. He and me, Cole Hart. So what is like one big lesson or takeaway you had for startup drafting from this, this league? I, I, have, I have one in mind, which is just that I, I need to be less tied to my own player values and more receptive to what the room is doing. That's like a, that's like a big problem I've had in fantasy for a long time is sort of not paying enough attention to what the room is doing and, and being too tied to my own projections and player values. I think, I think that really hurt me sort of like rounds four through eight. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good one. That's, that's a tough skill to build over time. Um, my biggest one this in this, league specifically because it's a super flex and because it's tight end premium, I overvalued receivers a little bit too much. Um, I mean, obviously it was one of the situations where I got Adams and Hill um, with my first two picks. Um, so, I mean, it, I kind of naturally had to build around receivers early on. Um, but I think, I, I think in a league where you can start in theory, two quarterbacks in as many as three tight ends, um, and, and those those positions specifically are obviously premium positions in this league. Um, it's kind of natural just because we're so used to and so trained to drafting running backs and receivers. It's kind of natural to, to devalue uh, quarterbacks and tight ends, again, in like a super flex and tight end premium tight setting. And for me, I don't think I put enough premium on tight ends early enough, and I put too much premium on receivers early. That I think that I actually made a really similar mistake because wide receivers are super valuable in the formats that you and I play the most, which is 12-team league, you start three wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex. Like Good wide receivers are worth a good chunk in this, but when you can start tight ends there, when you're starting an extra quarterback, when you can start you know, even multiple tight ends or you could start five running backs if you wanted to, if that was the way your team broke, I, I think that uh, – 
I think that definitely happened to both you and I. Like looking at my team, I feel really good about my wide receivers. But like, like I already mentioned, like I jumped way too early on someone like Galladay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I feel I would feel a lot better about my receivers again with without Tyreek uh, or without the Tyreek situation. But I mean, I still found some pretty good receiver values with with Marvin Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, and Deshaun Jackson. That I feel okay about. But by and large, yeah. I mean, I, I just I think I I overvalued that. I think. I think more or less I overvalued the receivers in the mid rounds, even though I didn't take too many, I ended up trading T Y Hilton for Mark Ingram and some, some additional stuff with, uh, with Barrett and TJ uh, in the mid rounds. But other than that, I think I did overvalue the, the receivers a little too much. All right. Well, Hey, Graham, thank you very much for, uh, for joining the show. Tell people about what you guys have planned on NFL.com this year. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. This is uh, this is going to be a fun league and hopefully we can come back on and, and talk about it some more in the future years. Uh, we actually just came out with a new app on uh, over at NFL. We we just came out with a new NFL fantasy app. It's completely redesigned, rethought. Um, go check it out. We've got some content up there. The mock draft rooms are going to be opening up soon. Um, it's out on iOS and Android now, and I, I think we did. I think I think the uh, the product team did a pretty good uh, good job with it, and it's definitely a definitely necessary upgrade for our for our product. All right, I'm, uh, I'm going to go download that right now. Thank you very much for, for joining the show, Graham, and everyone make sure to read his work on NFL.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 